as we've kind of hit on a lot in this discussion, just like the game still had weight to it, despite us kind of trying, or at least me kind of trying to divert the subject away from something as serious as like ignoring your queer self. It still felt like it had like emotional heft to it. And I was appreciative of that. Yeah, it was cool. Also a weirdly funny episode. Um, Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of jokes that actually really work, including from the part where I literally was not able to form short term memories because of gender dysphoria shit. Yeah. Um, um, Gender, the biggest joke of all. True. (laughs) False. Hold on. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I might, as a non-binary person, feel both ways about this. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. That was pretty funny. first game we play so this is a game called tiny stories by i'm assuming you pronounce it mamados like tomatoes seems like probably true seems right um, mama toes well <laughs> no thank you Casey. This, this is a good point we should probably talk ahead of time about lines and veils as they call it in the industry uh is there anything anyone doesn't want to talk about specifically <laughs> like topic wise like i i would prefer no sexual violence stuff happens in this yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah, yeah uh, that's what i was gonna say yeah um that is a thing i never want to talk about in uh any kind of game that like yeah. a role-playing game unless it's like a very hyper specific situation and that's a good i'm gonna remember that next time this question is asked anyway thanks mm-hmm. Hey, sorry, I have to grab a napkin real fast because I just got juice all over my okay. self. Well, Ew, <laughs> first mama toes and now this. <laughs> so B, this game was just created like a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So have you played anything by this creator before? I have never heard of them. Um, okay. I was just, I like occasionally just go through a website called Itch.io that Posts a lot of like independent and like do it yourself games people. It's like where I get stuff for Playdate pretty often. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like, oh, or yeah, I have for a while been looking through stuff and just being like, I really want to play these like weird, like free games by like, you know, queer creators from all over the world that, you know, are often one page or they're just like hacks of other games. And I'm back. This one came up and I was like, this seems perfect to figure out how to use Discord to play these games. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry, I didn't expect this orange to be so delicious and juicy. Well, uh, any any other any other lines or veils for anyone? And it can be, I you know, an obvious one right now would be like viral infection stuff. If everyone, if no, if if anyone is uncomfortable with that right now, we di- we can just put it on the table ahead of time. No one can talk about it. Um. I mean, I'm down to talk about it specifically the coronavirus, but anything else that's like kind of like fictionalized, like version of it seems like a bad time for. So I guess that'd be a line, right? Yeah. Okay. You guys, sorry to interrupt, Uh -uh. but everyone's taking my Joe Biden joke and (laughs) rewriting it and are getting more tweets than me. That's really fucked up. 
What was the joke? Well, I just kept trying to make it go viral that Joe Biden had coronavirus, <laughs> and then, and then, you know, on <laughs> during the debate, he coughed like a zillion times. I was like, oh my god, see, he totally has coronavirus. That's what I'm missing. <laughs> and then I was like, then by the end of the debate, I was like, y'all, he's fucking dead. This is a robot, you know, <laughs> just like and the pigeons. Then, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like the fucking. <laughs> I've been calling that for years. <laughs> They're robots. I know. And then it's just I keep people are like hearing a rumor. Rumor Joe Biden passed away. I'm like I already made this joke, y'all. <laughs> I started That's this movie, y'all. <laughs> I'd be so I sick if that, that was Joe true. Biden was dead before it was cool. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so so Joe Biden being alive is that a line or a bit? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden is not allowed to be alive unless he's a cyborg. <laughs> okay. yeah. So no fictionalized versions of Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, no fictionalized Joe. Yeah. Take your fantasies elsewhere. I, I love that I think you almost said Joe's Biden. As the plural of Joe Biden, which I really appreciate. Yeah. There are Don't Joe's Biden. Think. They're cyborgs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, All right. I guess, yeah. So, yes, right. The rules are here at the same time. Um, so, I guess, you know, going forward, if if at some point something does cross a line that you didn't already establish... You can always just say, hey, I actually would rather not talk about this right now, and we can backpedal and fix that. That's that goes for everybody. Sounds good. Requires only one person. Like, we don't, like, if someone is like, I don't want to talk about this, we don't have a conversation (laughs) about it. We just stop talking about it. Sounds good. Cool. Cool. Great. Uh, The second game we played, uh, it was Take My Revolution. Uh, Bryn steps forward, and I answer these questions. So what is the nature of my transformation? How does my revolution change the world? How has the one I love changed for the better? Wow. Uh, (laughs) Okay. What is the nature of my transformation? I think I'm going to go simple and say that Bryn is now on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Just real simple shit. You know, she carries around a lighter, and now she's on fire. Mm-hmm. Fine. With secrets. Uh-huh. Yeah. Secret. Is it a secret fire? Uh, no, it's a very visible and <laughs> dangerous and hot fire. Um, so don't dance with her anymore. And uh, let's see. So that's the nature of my transformation. I think also because I'm the sword's chosen, I now can pick what secrets my lighter can capture. Hell yeah. Um yeah. How does my revolution change the world? God, I don't even know. <laughs> you know, um, just just briefly. <laughs> just a sentence or two, you know. I, like, I mean, I guess the sky could be on fire. <laughs> Maybe the sky is on fire. Everything. No, the, sky, the sky is on fire, I think. Is how it changes the world, and so everybody has to uh, like hastily figure out how to like move underground. Maybe. Look <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> off! You're more people now. 
<laughs> so the third game is Maxim to Plowshares. You are alive. You must remember that you are alive and the living still have names. What is your name? My name is Berrigan Omatos. You are a soldier. You were a soldier. You fought for two years along the border. What nation did you fight for? It's been a long time since there were nations, per se, or at least a generation. I fought for the people. There was an outpost, and you were assigned to defend it. They attacked almost every week. Who is the enemy? The enemy is a, a loose configuration, a sort of confederacy, if you would. Descendants of people who once owned land, as strange as that sentence seems. People who protected the people who owned land. I call them cops, I think. I assume that stood for something at some point. C-O-P-S, but it's beyond me what it actually means. The next one is the Moss Creeps Stone Crumbles game. The picture is of a <laughs> bee atop a flower, okay. a flower that is bloomed. And the text reads, Anthony, refusing to die like the weak bees of his many hives, passes a flower that he had previously not seen. An overwhelming rage takes hold of him. At mere thought, the flower blooms petals of fire um, <laughs> around a molten center upon which Anthony dances his terrifying dance. I knew it, Anthony thought. The blue hive is me. I am the blue hive. All will fear. <laughs> the next recording is the second recording of Max and Plowshares, which was uh, me and Ricky's recording mm. of that. Is there like a scene there? Do you want to like cut to Pill typing on a computer very briefly and just like hit and delete or something? I think there's like a moment of just like intense frustration on Pill's part where, you know, like it goes wrong again and it's just the final time. And Pill like opens up the command console, pulls out this like dusty ass little keyboard that's stored in the mech and like starts typing the various codes that they were taught. And uh, as they're about to press the button to confirm it, I think we uh, flash back to that first moment on the run um, when that Kesha song's playing and just undeniably the mech starts dancing. Like prior to that, the moment so that the mech displayed human behavior it was like oh i was probably just lonely and it sounded like laughter or like i missed my mom so i felt comforted by this but this in this moment is this mech dancing and a moment that we didn't see before because i think prior when we saw this scene you just saw pill like react with like shock but now we get the rest of the scene pill like just starts laughing and like crying and it's just like awestruck but can't deny this joy they feel and then it's gone and and then they press the button and it's gone. Yeah. There's the second part of Moss Creep Stone Crumbles, which is when it comes into a true shit show. All right. So in the year 80, we see <laughs> Anthony once again imprisoned in the hive of his making, the mythical blue hive, as Batty flies away happy with what he's been able to accomplish. And the text I wrote is... And there he sat caged in the hive of his mind for how long? Five years? Ten years? One hundred? He could no longer tell. Searching for his mother in the tenth year, destroying the grove in the sixty-fifth, his mother emerging from the blue hive so long ago in the fifth, the hive showing him every moment of his life simultaneously until there was nothing. Nothing but his reckoning. Nothing but the bat. <laughs> Excellent. Oh man, I have to draw? Fuck. Um, so it seems like we're probably not going to get to year 100 before 2 o'clock. I'll be late. I don't care. Okay. Nothing matters anymore. 
<laughs> I mean, I think Anthony matters. Thank you. <laughs> the real question is, how do I draw a bee's wings at night? Okay, I'm done. Oh, you're with, done. With the drawing. Oh, look at that. Is it my turn? Yep. I believe so. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Goodness. Okay, so I saw... It looked like the trees got, like, really big, and there's a lightning storm, and Anthony's in the middle. And so I wrote, as the years pass, the substance of the grove thins inside the blue hive. The atmosphere ionizes. Anthony's reality, such as it is, degrades and distorts. His immense power shrivels as the grove swells. His wings bleed sap. He can think of nothing but vengeance. Dang. Uh-huh. Anthony has always been black metal, but I think Anthony just leveled up in black metal he became a white supremacist. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the next game was uh, You'll Find a Rainbow. So, yeah, Heart is not Hologram's strong suit, but they're going to do their ham headed best to like protect Tingle as the um, god starts to uh, shake whatever we might consider its head. Fuck. That's a lot to think about. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the fuck we were thinking, kicking a god in the eye. More like, what was this god thinking? Blinking on us real good. Yeah. So in terms of the god shaking its head, I think that is like we're back in the gravity well. But instead of things like flickering now, it's like everything's being slingshotted like back and forth. And so um, disorienting both space and time wise. But like you have that drag that happens when like you're being flung this way and then that way so things are like speeding up and slowing down and physically like the pull and release of like gravity are sort of like but hologram has also like cast some sort of energy field around tingle to try and insulate them from some of that with limited success nice who's next me so i'm doing the take one of the dice that you despise and roll it i rolled a five I think that Ernest's many, many hands are being forced to like loosen their grip and they were kind of holding the eye open in a way, but like wasn't able to do much more than that. As they lose their grip and eventually like fall from the eye, those that fall kind of like join together into one giant hand. And rather than try and grab the god's eye, it just makes one big finger and pokes it real hard right in the middle of its eye. And I think when that happens... The eye shuts completely, but as it shuts completely, so does everything around us. We are suddenly just three things floating in an infinite black void uh-huh. with no sign of anything around us whatsoever. So do something with that, B. I think it's for Tingle's space magic to come into play. I'm going to reduce our pride by one. I think at the beginning of this, Tingle does not feel adequate. I hope by the end of it that they do. So, we didn't quite kick a god in the eye, but we did poke one. By god, that counts I mean, for something. That's that's pretty fucking big, especially when the god's eye is a black hole and its head is shaking. True. <laughs> what the fuck is its head? Its I'm, eye is a black hole. I'm proud of us. Yeah. Awesome. 
So I, I think I said early on that Tingle's space magic is sort of the opposite of them, whereas they're, you know, sort of older, sort of heavily internalized. Their magic is just straight up rainbows and colors and unicorns and shit. Um, so this eye shuts. We are floating in an infinite space of, of darkness and uh, Tingle just sort of erupts. It's, you could kind of think of it like if, uh, you know, in Annihilation, when I don't remember which characters they are, get turned into um, like trees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that if that was a joyous scene. Whoa. Uh, so, Echo. You remember that really big mech that all of your adults hang out in that we were just at, the Harvester? Mm-hmm. There were a bunch of those attacking me and my friend Tiana and Sounds scary. It was very scary. It was very, very scary. You're gonna make Marvin cry. Marvin gets scared really easily. <laughs> hey, it's okay. It sounds like there's no war anymore or something. It sounds like you live in a in a pretty Why good time. Well, they were trying to hurt me, I guess, and she pushed me out of the way. Why did they just kill you? <laughs> yeah no kid i ask myself that question all the time yeah bring it back to pgsd (laughs) (laughs) wow the next game uh was another solo game for me i played alone among the stars I mean, there are things. There's always, there's always things. There are beautiful vistas. There are, there are gorgeous, gorgeous views from space. There are these like, their, um, their asteroid belt is, is so, it's almost an echo of that, um, of that gentle river on Iolos. It's somehow a self-sustaining asteroid belt that is also constantly, you know, getting just ever so gently, piece by piece, pulled toward the sun. There's, it's almost like, um, flared out cards. Like when you, when you take a deck of cards and, and flare them out in your hand or on a table, it's almost that effect. And it's, and it's gorgeous. But this is not the system I, I imagined when I aimed this direction. And I find that out and I, and I notice that I don't, I don't miss my home. I've, I've spent some, some years out here at this point and I know that some of the things I believe were wrong. And they, and some of them were wrong because they were in service of shitty traditional power structures. And some of them were wrong because they were ways that, that had made an entire people survive impossible situations, but that they didn't apply. And I know some of the things that I thought were right just suck. And I'm taking in the view of this asteroid belt and I think, well, maybe one thing I can do is go back to Symphalos and have sort of a a better understanding of difference and come to terms with some of those some of those people who I may have wronged and that can be like sort of my first step in doing a a real genuine mapping of you know not just the universe but but its particulars so I turn the spaceship around and I fly back and I land on that volcano I know it's the same volcano but I know also what I'm going to find there long before I get there which is you know I mean, the easiest uh, reference that I have as a player is is Pompeii, I guess. Um, I don't think my character would know that. But this, yeah, this vibrant city is just ash. And everyone there is has been dead for years. There are small scavengers and that's it. And my initial impulse, because, you know, we can learn, but learning takes a long time sometimes. 
um, my initial impulse is to get out and um, say words for the friend I had, the one who taught me how to fix the, the autopilot. And I go and I do that. And my better nature, no, fuck that. And my character's new attempts to genuinely learn manage to take hold, manage to take some sort of route. They can't do what they came here to do, but they can avoid the mistake they made last time. And so they go and they say words for those beetles and those wolves and for the people that they glared at suspiciously. And they they say them in a genuine manner. And that doesn't change anything. These people are all dead. These animals are all dead. These buildings are all collapsed and every everything is gone. And it's probably not their fault. It's almost certain that their their spaceship didn't cause that volcanic reaction. It was just a an accident of fate. The next game is the Erasure game. But it's very clear that throughout this, like, she was, like, riddled with insecurities about being poor or, like, you know, wanting to be popular, you know, um, that type of thing. The very first round, Ricky, you said something about, like, oh, it's something very high school for kids to lie about being rich when they're actually poor. Yeah. Um, And kind of vice versa, B, you brought up later with your friend that said that they were poor when they were actually rich so i i thought that that was interesting that that's something that kind of got worked in here and that that's a really high school theme that uh bella got to embody which was awesome yeah i think he did a really good job of writing like an actual and consistent character yep it's like like i kind of just like threw a bunch of Rob Zombie branded spaghetti against the wall and saw what <laughs> which works, you know. What, see what, <laughs> Rob Zombie, White Zombie, I should say, has some banging hits. I want to get fucked in the back of a Dracula or whatever that song is about. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I think it's literally just about his drag race, like his car. Yeah, but obviously, it's 2020. We're we're queering heterosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> the next game is uh, me and Charmy, the uh, <laughs> Together Among the Stars game. We've had a good time on this planet, but, you know, it's one of many, and there are many good times to be had elsewhere. Uh, but there is, like, mm-hmm. this one thing that we have, uh, like, that we were supposed to check out before we left. And so we head to another continent to check out this canyon that is supposed to be the home of like it's it's alleged to be the birthplace of all sentient life um like you know like it's one of those things that like a lot of planets claim that they like oh we actually are are the birthplace of all sentient life so you know that's a thing you check out sometimes and sometimes it's like like yeah nah y'all just um this is like weird nationalism. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, mm-hmm. this might actually be true. Um, mm-hmm. And so we go on, we go and there's like, I think there's a lot of the, the hard part is that it's a lot of bureaucracy because this is a place that, you know, is supposed to be the birthplace of sentient life. So we have to like go through a bunch of red tape to get there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to roll for you. And I rolled a six. Which means, well, it says record how the feature changes in some way. So, like, I guess, like, what do we find there? And how is it different than it was when we got there? <laughs> um, let's see. 
I'm drawing little pictures of what I feel like our little trip is like. Hell yeah. Um, okay. We get there and there's like, it's like, you know, typical of what you might find in a ruin, like some really old rocks that are like shaped in specific ways. And there's like, you know, a lot of like moss and like other just like greeny things around. Um, and when we get there, we're like looking around and then I think we see like a couple of those same like little diamond bugs like glowing in a corner or something. And we're like, oh, like the diamond bugs are here. Cool. We like look at them and then they kind of like gather into like another formation. And then we see like the moss start to like kind of glow and there is a strange scent that fills the air that's like kind of sweet and we're like oh that's really weird but that's kind of our experience you know yeah not much else happens in it i love that a lot there's one last game the home game tiffany do you have a car out here I, I was wondering if I could borrow your car. Do you have a car? I can just call you an Uber. I Uber everywhere. I don't, I don't have my own car. Uh, I suspect that I am not alone here and not knowing what an Uber is. No idea. It's like a Lyft, but it's slightly more expensive. Is that like the Thomas Hardy novel? My test of the, the Uberville? <laughs> 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 We, we're also advertising for the military industrial company. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> now, if there's, there's one thing... <laughs> there's one thing we all agree on here. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Radio Free Asia. <laughs> okay. No more jokes. Just, just intense character voices and... Serious children detectives in the upsurgence of fascism while the communist revolution begins. Some 200 years ago, AO24 was a prideful nation. Nations, as some of you may know from recent news stories and grandstanding, were areas of land that were claimed by individual groups. They came out of collective requirements of trade and the defense of that trade, and became nothing but a committee for managing the common affairs of the whole class of traders. Those with power took more of it, bulwarked it with treaties and proclamations. They said, variously, that they represented others, or that they had their people's best interests in mind. They said that they safeguarded resources, like the massive gold mine that rests just south of us, when really, they hoarded them. In the two centuries since, much has changed. The wars that rage from the years 79,850 to 80,000 claimed many lives, petering out not because of armistice, but because the very people who fought them, alongside the people who worked to provide tools with which they were fought, and many other fellow travelers, succeeded in dismantling not just the war effort, but the idea of the nation itself. 
The impact of industrial technologies, like the harvester that we sit in right now, impacted the global environment such that the once landlocked area called AO24 now has beachfront property. Those same gold mines, now objects of interest once more, have been buried under generations of military and mechanical waste. The farmlands south past the mines, that once provided sustenance in the forms of unique fruits like orange-sized grapes that grew on trees, have been converted, largely, to mechpots farms. These conversions have accompanied talk of reconstituting the nation, of making AO24 into a nation once more, of returning to that endless state of entitled embattlement, of a world ruled by the vagaries of the chaplain's game. The last two centuries have not all been negative. The conversion of mechs to agricultural products has cut significantly down on waste and introduced, at least for now, some diversity to farming practices that have for too long been reliant on single-crop farms, depleting the soil. The descendants of those who ended the wars have continued, mostly successfully, to resist the fascist urge of the new AO24 nationalists. And above all, we have been the epicenter of a democratized communications platform with private industry like YouTube allowing anyone, even the youngest among us, to have our voices heard by great masses of people. Of course, it is from and through those very industries that the calls for national reconstitution come and are amplified. Ah, our time is up. Before we next meet, I'll expect you to have read for our module on the discovery of interstellar travel, the widespread phenomenon of rogue planets, and the phenomenon of purely localized biospheres. In the interim, have fun on the beach and wash the concrete. Class dismissed.